Hi, I'm Jeff. And I'm Marnie. We're two broke teachers who love to travel. Our years of experience traveling on a budget have given us insight into the best and most affordable ways to see the world. Now, we want to share our adventures and knowledge with you. Follow along as we share tips, tricks, and hacks to help you travel the world without breaking the bank. This is Broke Teacher Travel Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Broke Teacher's Travel Podcast. I'm Marnie. And I'm Jeff. And this is episode four. And today we're going to talk about saving time. That's actually very important on your vacation. You don't want all that hard-earned money to go to waste. So you want to make the most of your vacation time. You don't want to spend time standing in unnecessary lines or using your vacation time doing things that you probably should have done before you left. So let's dive in and talk about some tips to maximize your time. Do you have anything? Of course, you know, I always have something. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, the big thing is to research your destination. Um, know where you're going. Know what you kind of want to see. Kind of put a hierarchy of things you want to see. And try to plan out any excursion or day trips before you get there. Um, some places are closed on certain days and things of that nature. But you just want to make sure you plan it out. You can still be spontaneous, but at least plan, you know, how you're going to get there to be spontaneous. <laughs> Another thing is to book these excursions ahead of time so you aren't taking time to do that during your trip. You don't want to be on the phone or standing in a line somewhere trying to book an excursion where you could have done it from home and you could already be seeing what you want to see. You know, I've actually seen that on tour where, you know, I'd booked the excursion ahead of time and then there was a couple that was trying to get to the excursion that we were going to the next day, but they hadn't booked it and then they'd they didn't have Wi-Fi service, and it was hard. They finally got there, but it probably took an extra hour, maybe an hour and a half for them when they could have been uh, running around the city of Pompeii looking at stuff. So, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that can be that can really put a damper on your vacation. Another thing you need to think about is to alert your bank to your travel plans. Um, if you don't, your credit card or your debit card could be locked. It could be put on hold because they think it's fraud. And most of the time, all it takes is a simple click of a button on a lot of your banking websites to do this. You just tell them where you're going, and they'll make sure your card is ready to go with you. Because there's nothing in the world like calling your wife at <laughs> 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning and said, Hey, I'm in Paris, France, and I've got about 7 euros in my wallet, and my credit cards do not work. And so, um, But yeah, we, we're, we're pros at, at doing that. Yes, absolutely. It's definitely something that's necessary. Um, another thing you need to think about is to order your foreign currency from your bank at least a month in advance. Some of these banks, it takes a while to get it, so it's better to give them enough time, and in case there are any errors or anything, you can fix it before you go. And some of the, some banks do have foreign currencies on hand. I know Wells Fargo here where we live have euros on hand, but when I went to Peru, um, they didn't have the soul, so I had to order those and it did take a couple of weeks to get in. Um, so like she said, uh, check the exchange rate of the currency and know how much you're spending. Uh, you know, if you want to actually make a little note card with that or put the notes in your phone, um, because sometimes you think, oh, well, that's really not that much. And you end up giving a 60 or $70 tip. You know, I know some people could do that, but teachers, you know, we do it we once. Can't do that. We, we do it once. <laughs> That's all it takes. Um, you also need to learn about the public transportation wherever you're going. I know public transportation is bigger in a lot of places than it is here. 
It's what people use every day to get to their destinations. The people who live there, the locals, they use public transportation. And it's expected that the tourists will as well. So learn about how it works and the the metros you will be taking or the bus lines you will be taking, most of them are pretty easy to figure out. You know, absolutely. Um, you know, places like Rome, there's one line, so it's uh, it's not really that that complicated. Um, also, if you're from a bigger city, you're used to that. If you're, you know, from a, a more rural setting where you do not have uh, public transportation, it's it's perfectly safe. It's, it's uh, you know, as safe as anything else. And, um, you know, to, to get around, it's amazing. Um, and it's cheap. I mean, I love it uh, just because I could pay, you know, like what's five U.S. dollars and go all over the city where if I took a cab above ground, it would cost me, you know, probably 40 or 50 dollars to make that same trek. I know in London we had a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, we, we, we had a lot of fun because I didn't know how to use the metro. and We, we, stayed <laughs> we may have on, gotten lost we, a couple of times. We, well, we stayed on the bus two or three times and around in a circle. But that, that was cool. It didn't cost us any more, and we got to see London three times. Exactly. Um, one of the other ways that uh, you can save a lot of time is by purchasing uh, passes, museum passes or theme park tickets ahead of time through a reputable company. One of the things that we saw often when we worked at Disney was there there is there is fraud that goes on there. So uh, make sure it's a reputable company. Um, you know, so one of the things that I su- suggest is in Italy and Rome specifically the Omni Pass and in Paris the um, the Paris Pass. Those things are like fast passes. They get you to the head of the lines, and um, that was one of the things that just really kind of shocked me. Is I remember one day I was going to the Louvre and. It was probably a line of 600 people. I'd, I've even at Disney, I've, I haven't seen a line of 600 people waiting for something. No, that's it's honestly some of their lines can be longer than the theme parks. Definitely, there there's so much to see and do there that people want to cram everything they can into their vacation. So they're lighted up at that door as early as possible. And if you can jump that line, do it. And I know that Disney, I know their FastPass system has changed some, but how does that work now? There is actually, it's kind of like an app that you use. It's called Genie Plus, and there are different tiers for the different attractions. And it the rates actually vary day to day depending on the crowds. So you kind of just have to check it out and see. <laughs> we'll dive a little more into that on another episode. Um, something you need to think about definitely before you even begin to travel is your cell phone plan. Now, some people will go and buy SIM cards and pop them in their cell phones, but we personally like to use the travel plan on our phones. We just call our cell phone provider and they add it to our plan. And anytime we go somewhere, it's $10 a day, flat fee. And we have everything that we normally have on our phones. We have the same amount of data. We have the same calling and texting. Nothing changes, just an extra $10 a day. And that's only when you actually use it. If you're abroad somewhere and you have it on your plan, but you're not actually accessing it that day, then they don't charge you. And, you know, there's plenty of places with Wi-Fi um, in the other countries. Or, But, you know, if you're out in the middle of nowhere, this tends to work a little better. Um, we also know from firsthand experience, once you cross the Canadian border, yes. <laughs> that your cell phone service in the U.S. stops working. And um, at least that was our our experience. And we just happened to be in Quebec and things 
Road, road signs got a little crazy there for a few minutes, but um, but we made it. We made we it. Figured it out. Yeah, and um, you know, another thing that we want to always for us at least is to pack light. The fewer bags um, to check in, you know, it seems to be the better. Um, some countries will actually, and I found this out firsthand uh, when I visited Peru, is they will check the bag often to the first destination in the country. But if you are taking a second flight, um, for example, I went from. Um, we landed in Cusco and, um, you know, can't remember where my flight was the next day, but, um, or that, that day, but some of my friends didn't get out and reach, um, check their bag. And so their luggage was lost. And so they spent a good three or four hours trying to track it down. And then another day waiting for their bag. Yeah. That can be a huge time saver there is to pack light. I mean, seriously, the fewer things you have, the faster everything's going to go. Um, okay. For all of you ladies, another trick is to try on all the clothes that you want to pack before you pack them. You don't want to get somewhere and need a dressy outfit and it not fit when you put it on or something has popped off of it, a button or a zipper is messed up. You don't want to have to deal with that and have to run out and shop for something else. This could save you a lot of time. You know, um, another thing, you know, take a picture of exactly what your suitcase looks like on the inside and the outside. And, uh, you know, yeah. because if luggage gets lost or delayed, the airlines will compensate you for that. And sometimes that comp- compensation can be um, kind of hefty. Um, so let um, also make sure, and I'll just put a side note here, to always uh, carry any type of medication in your um, carry-on bag. Because if your luggage gets lost and it's in your check bag, then you could be, you know, without medication for a day or so. And for a lot of people, that really can become very serious. Very that quickly. goes for your identification too. Right, absolutely. Um, um, the next thing we want to talk about is planning your transport to and from the airport. Because if you wait to the last minute, you could be standing there for an hour trying to get a taxi or an Uber if everything's crowded. I know we live in a tourist area and sometimes it takes a while to get transportation because of all the crowds. So you want to plan ahead for that. And then that way you're not stuck standing there waiting and wasting your vacation time. And what I like to do is as soon as we land, uh, that's when I like to text and if someone's picking us up or something like that, or getting my Uber. But as soon as we, as soon as we land, um, uh, especially in a smaller airport. Now, if you're international, that process takes a little bit more. Um, another thing that I would suggest is, Explain the entire airport process to young children. Definitely. You know, that becomes an issue. Sometimes kids could get a little freaked out about things. There's a lot of people, um, you know, especially when they go through the TSA thing and they um, checkpoint and then they have to take off their shoes and they have to go through the little tube thing. Um, I've seen some kids kind of panicking, get, you know, afraid because especially, um, you know, toddlers who um, you know are a little bit older than toddlers whose parents can't walk them through that so um can i chime in a second here of course (laughs) as a teacher of young children practice practice with them have them go through the motions it helps i never thought about that but that's a really good idea um one of the other things that you want to think about is packing your stuff your liquids like your soaps and shampoos and things like that in the TSA appropriate size containers. Those can be a lifesaver when you're in line. If you happen to have something that is bigger than the requ- the sanctioned amount, I guess you would say, then they're going to make you dump it out. 
and you can't take it or throw it away. And one of the things that we think about a lot of times is when we pack, we, we pack this, we pack that, but I've had to throw away, um, you know, stuff that I bought that I really didn't think about, um, that I, I couldn't have on my carry on. Now, uh, generally you could put it in check bags and things like that, but, um, you know, like things like honey that you would think wouldn't be a big deal becomes a big deal. Um, I know that happened, um, just recently with a, uh, a group of, uh, students that out we, we took on a trip uh, one of the kids bought something um and they weren't out able to take it through tsa and they had to throw it away which which really you know, which is thing. heartbreaking to a child right? definitely especially when it's for his grandmother <laughs> yes absolutely that's horrible and make sure that you know if you're going with a group of people that you make them aware of that because there's a lot of people out there that travel and it's their first time or you know maybe even second time or they've traveled um inter- uh, domestically but not internationally they may not know these rules and so again if you want to bring back your bottle of ouzo from greece it needs to be in your check bag and not your carry-on yeah um now you said something about an early check-in for tsa right that uh there's a global entry um method that you could get where you could check in and um it just it just speeds up that process a little bit so oh that's is it something you do online or um it's you there's a there's a form and some other things that you have to go through okay. to do it. Okay. Um, something else to think about is your shoes. I know this sounds silly, but you have to take your shoes off through the TSA security checkpoint. So make sure it's something you can slip on and off easily because you're not holding up the line and you get through faster. Yeah. And there's also, um, you know, again, TSA, they, they do a great job and they do a very thorough job too. And, you know, sometimes there's a lot of people and, and if you, you're with a group of people, make sure that you have your ID ready, um, especially in groups and you have your ID, your um, your boarding pass and all of that, because they will need to take a look at that. And what about those electronics too? What do you do with those? Okay. Um, electronic items such as portable chargers or gaming consoles, um, they could also trigger alerts. Make sure if they have a lithium battery, they're going to have to be taken out separately for them to look at. Okay. Um, yeah. And a lot of things have lithium batteries now. Yep. Um, uh, so, so that's a big thing. And that slows down um, the whole process. Again, sometimes chaperoning groups of, of students where there's 20 or 30 um, kids and one person you know, maybe didn't, wasn't there when we explained that or didn't explain it thoroughly enough, or they just forgot about it, then that could hold up the entire line. So, yeah. And another thing is a water bottle. We carry water bottles everywhere with us now, but you cannot take one with liquid in it on the plane through the checkpoint. You have to make sure it's empty and bring it that way. You can refill it later once you get past the TSA checkpoint, I believe. You can right. refill it again, right. and then you can take it with you. But to go through that, it needs to be empty. So before the, the checkpoint, they'll make you pour it out. Um, and then once you get past that, there's generally water fountains. You can refill it or purchase something in the airport, and they will let you take that on the plane with you. Okay, um, another thing is if, if you... Um, you know, have any sort of disability or young children, military, um, if you're active duty military, a lot of times, a lot of those um, airlines will approve you for early boarding um, if you reach out to them and ahead of time. And again, you can do it when you get there, but then, you know, there's only so many seats, there's only so much they can do. And what I have seen, though, is um, 
the airports, they really do an amazing job with people with uh, disabilities, with wheelchairs. If people are elderly and they need any type of assistance, uh, you know, they, they do that great domestically and internationally. At least that's been my experience watching people go through. That's awesome. That's a really good thing to know. Okay, and back to the transportation topic a little bit. Make sure the second you get off that plane and you're in the airport, Turn your phone off of airplane mode and go ahead and confirm your transportation. That way you're not waiting around for someone to show up. Yeah. And again, I know we, we talked about it a couple of times, but, you know, if you're sitting there and especially if you're in a foreign country and you're trying to figure out where, um, you know, where you're going, it's, it's you know, not a not a great time to try to figure it out once you're outside the airport. Um, not at all. You know, another thing that we, we really don't think about, but if you're traveling with your family, is, you know, kind of look at your shower schedule at the hotel. And, you know, I'm not trying to be like Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory or anything, <laughs> but, you know, it is nice to know, hey, we got this much, um, you know, this much time. We've got to, you know, kind of budget it out. Again, um, depending on when you land, a lot of people like to go straight to the hotel, try to get over that jet lag and take a shower. But if you hit a tour and you hit it running, then I could promise you by the end of the night, um, you know, you're going to want to shower and you want to know what order that happens. In. Yeah, because a lot of people take longer showers than other people. And if you're with a family or your group or something, then you need to kind of plan it out so everybody's ready to go at the time you're supposed to leave the next morning, definitely. And, and speaking of showers, uh, just remember, if you go to Europe or anywhere else, showers are generally much, much smaller and water tends to get all on the floor. So that's uh, something that a lot of people have to get used to. I've had people, hey, what, what's going on? I, it's, you know, we could barely get in here. And I'm like, just wash it. Right. <laughs> um, think about mobile ordering at restaurants. If you have the opportunity, that's a big time saver, especially at Disney. Um, the mobile ordering allows you just to put in your order on the phone and then they give you a designated time to pick it up or they will alert you when it's ready. And it's not just Disney. A lot of restaurants have this option now and it's really a nice feature to save some time. And uh, one of the, the final things that I want to mention is that um, theme parks, museums, and a lot of other venues, they do have special passes for um, guests that with disabilities um you know so check into that before you go i know at disney they it may not save you time in the lines but they may have an alternate place uh, maybe uh, in the shade they, they save your place in line and you can go do other things and they will alert you when it's time to come back and again th those are the same sort of things that um if you have someone especially if they need wheelchair access or something like that uh, let people know ahead of time let when you first get in there or if you can check online what the protocol is and where you need to go because almost all of those places do offer something like as that. as a matter of fact our daughter is going to help us chime in on one of our upcoming podcasts about the disney das pass oh. and explain how it works because there's a lot of details that go into it and she knows all about how it works. So she's going to explain that for us one day soon. But most of all, just, just remember, be spontaneous. Enjoy all the things, everything that you want to see, all the things you want to do. Managing your time doesn't mean following a strict schedule. It just means plan ahead a little bit. So that way you get the most out of the vacation time that you have. One other thing I do want to chime in, I just thought about this because, again, a lot of my uh, words of wisdom comes because I, I wasn't very wise. Um, check and see if you're in a city that has a metro, what time the metro line stops running because oh, sometimes yes. 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it happens. <laughs> like some of them stop at two in the morning and, you know, you're out having a good time with your friends. And then, you know, you may be, you know, 12 or 13 miles away and, you know, it's hard to get a taxi, but the Metro runs, you know, well after midnight in most places. And um, so that's pretty much it for today. So just, uh, you know, if you want to just rewind it, take, uh, do you even rewind on a podcast? I'm not sure how that works. Yeah, you can. Okay. Um, But go back. And if you have any questions, let us know. But I'm really excited about the the next episode because we're going to be talking about traveling with kids. Yes, of different ages. So this should be good. It'll be fun. So so again, you know, it's... uh, kids of all ages, but it's about having fun with them. Um, you know, we've got something for the teenagers. We've got something for the middle schoolers. We've got elementary school kids and, uh, and toddlers. There's a lot of cool things and a lot of hints. And uh, again, a lot of our work has been through uh, trial and failure. <laughs> yes, it has. But remember, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Like us and subscribe on YouTube. And drop us a line anywhere in those social media outlets or on YouTube. We would love to hear from you. We want to hear your tips and tricks as well. And tell us where you're going. Tell us where you've been. We want to know. And remember, break the monotony, not the bank. Bye guys. Have a great day.